You're tuned in to the Hearing Matters podcast with Dr. Gregory Delfino and Blaze Delfino of Audiology Services and Fader Plugs, the show that discusses hearing technology, best practices, and a growing national epidemic, hearing loss. Before we kick this episode off, a special thank you to our partners. Oticon, life-changing technology. Sonic, every day sounds better. Starkey Hearing Technologies, hear better, live better. Redux, faster, drier, smarter, verified. On this episode, we are so excited to welcome Mary Beth Lauderdale from the Western Pennsylvania School for the Deaf in Pittsburgh. Mary Beth, welcome to the Hearing Matters podcast. Welcome, Mary Beth. Thank you very much. First of all, thank you so much for all that you do for the communication sciences and disorders field, truly. Now, what inspired you to pursue a career in communication sciences? Junior high teacher, history teacher, had a daughter who was deaf. And I always knew I wanted to be a teacher. So I talked to my history teacher and she said, why don't you teach the deaf? And I said, I will do that. (laughs) And that was many years ago. And now I'm the chief engagement and collaboration officer. And I've done that for the past two years. And that is for the programs of Western Pennsylvania School for the Deaf. And we have programs all throughout the state. So how long have you been with the Western Pennsylvania School for the Deaf in its entirety? Nine years. I've been here for nine years. I came here from Illinois, where I was the superintendent for the School for the Deaf and the School for the Visually Impaired. Overall, your experience now living in Pittsburgh, assisting individuals on their road to better hearing, what do you like most about working with the children who are deaf or hard of hearing and What do you like most about working with children who have cochlear implants? What I like most about just working with children in general is that it's varied. Now, in my current role, I work more with staff who work with children who have hearing loss. About 25% of our students also have cochlear implants. So we have a continuum of communication methods, modes, as well as language. We use American Sign Language, and we may use American Sign Language in its entirety. We may go to spoken English. So we have a continuum of uh, educational and uh, communication practices here. So Mary Beth, working with the staff at the Western Pennsylvania School for the Deaf and instilling in them the everyday importance of their role. What are some things that you do with the staff? What do you hope to carry over that then translates through the staff while working with some of the the students at your school? Working with the staff and with the students, we also have a residential program. So we have students as young as five years old in our residence, in our dorms. They come in on Sundays and then leave on Fridays at noon. So we work with the staff on all educational and communication practices. We try to have very good acoustics in the classrooms so that they can optimize their residual hearing. We have five speech and language pathologists on the campus here in Pittsburgh. And then we have them in our other uh, satellite schools as well. We have one audiologist and we have a part-time audiologist opening, if you know of anyone, 
who would like to work at the Western Pennsylvania School for the Deaf. We also have some teacher vacancies. So just a little plug there. As I said, it's a continuum. So we're working with American Sign Language. We're working with speech. We're working with audition. We're trying to maximize every kind of communication there is. About 5% of our students, deaf people in general, have deaf parents. So all the rest have hearing parents, which is a unique situation because many times that deaf or hard of hearing child is the first one that the parents have met when they have the baby. So we have a lot cut out for us. We start with early intervention. So we have a zero to three program that has about a hundred students or babies in it and their families. So we try to get to them as soon as we can to start all of those educational processes and communication processes. Every baby has a family service plan. Every one of our students has an individual education plan, an IEP. So we work in that way with the goals. We work with the families of all of our children. So the staff work with the children, plus they work with the families, communicate with them. Mary Beth, there are so many questions that just arose. First and foremost, you had mentioned ensuring that classroom acoustics are essentially, for lack of a better word, prime and and their first class. Of course, with the onset of the COVID-19 pandemic, things started to go virtual. And talking over a Zoom call can be very difficult because the quality isn't there. What were some of your acoustic strategies or your acoustic responses when the COVID-19 pandemic occurred? We went virtual. Now, luckily, we had a one-to-one correspondence technologically, so our students have uh, Chromebooks. So they, they had those. We worked even more with our parents because the parents would many times be on the Zoom calls with their children. Headphones were one thing if students use their hearing or um, Bluetooth into right into their hearing aids or cochlear implants. We also use sign language and then captioning, but you know, automatically generated captioning sometimes is not not perfect. It can be a little off. So you can't really depend on it, but still it helped because it's reading, it's written language. Mary Beth, you had mentioned too that you are heavily involved with the parents of the students. We recently interviewed Marianne Stefko from the Scranton School for the Deaf. When we talk about carryover, especially at home, what does that look like with your students? Because understanding that the majority of your students do have hearing parents. So this can be quite a, when, when of course, parents have their children and it's discussed with them that their child does have a hearing loss, that can, of course, be a shock, of course. right? So I'm curious to know what your interaction is like with these parents and what carryover is like at home. Well, I would say, especially with the young parent, the, the parents of young children, when they first find out their baby is deaf or hard of hearing, that's not the baby they ordered. So, but then again, how many of us did get the babies that we ordered? <laughs> I hear your dad laughing. <laughs> so we do have, there is that. So I would say the very first thing is grieve, work through that, and then as soon as you can, get early intervention services. That's paramount. I would also typically say with any baby, deaf or hearing, to learn sign language because it just makes your brain more plastic. It it 
It just helps. There's all kinds of research with hearing babies. It does not make you not able to talk just from learning sign language. I would say just always include your child in your family activities, not just as an observer, but as a participant, an active participant. Make sure that they have access to language, sign language, spoken language. One more thing with the American Sign Language, when children have cochlear implants and they take them off, they're completely deaf. Mm -hmm. So American Sign Language is it, it never hurts. It always helps. For those tuned in right now, and if you have an infant, whether they're six months or eight months, we would definitely encourage you to start to use baby sign language with your child because it gives them access and it allows them to, to ask for more milk or if they're hungry. Really important because it gives them access to language at such an early age. Mary Beth, you had mentioned you have a team of speech language pathologists, audiologists, psychologists. How essential is your team to the student's academic journey in preparing them for college and beyond? Because nowadays your students have access with regard to the influence of technology, which is incredible. The team is unbelievably important. The SLP, speech and language pathologists, the audiologists, the psychologists that you mentioned, we have counselors as well. And then you talk about entering the world of work after the educational journey. All of those people have input as well as the teachers and the administrators and the parents who are the most important member of the team in the IEP. So from the time I said it's a family service plan when they're babies and then it becomes an IEP when they're school age. So they have that plan and they start with the communication plan for the student to talk about what languages they use and also what communication modes they use. And it doesn't just have to be one. As I've said, it's a continuum. So all of those people are very important in developing that plan and carrying it through their entire educational journey into high school. We also have a transition program. And so that's for transition to the world of work from that IEP. The transition team works on soft skills, work skills, coupled with academic skills from the teachers. And then our students actually go to work placements while they're in school. And we have a very robust transition program. So then they go to college, they get a job, they pay taxes. It's a great thing. Truly, it really is incredible because even if you think back to 60, 70, 80 years ago, times were different. Nowadays, individuals who present with hearing loss, who are hard of hearing or deaf, can now have the same opportunities of those who do present with normal hearing, in part due to your team aspect and your amazing establishment and like establishments around the country and around the world to say, yes, I do have a hearing loss or I am deaf, but that doesn't define me. I can still accomplish what I want to set my mind to. And thank you for all that you're doing for the field and all of your staff, because truly, I don't think we can thank them enough. We want to make sure that you're thanked and your team is thanked because attitude of gratitude is so important, especially because you're working with you know, the future of, of tomorrow, which is truly incredible. Mary Beth, for parents who are raising a child or children who are deaf or hard of hearing, what advice would you give them? Well, I told you that the very first thing that if they're hearing and they're upset that they have a deaf or hard of hearing child, 
to go ahead and grieve, work through that, and then get the early intervention services. Also learn sign language because it will never hurt. Include your child in everything as a participant, not as an observer, and just treat your child like any other child. When you talk about the grieving process, when you're told that your child has a hearing loss, would you recommend reaching out to any local audiologist or speech language pathologist? Or are there, are there support groups maybe that parents can reach out to to join to assist with that grieving process? Oh, definitely. That's the early intervention program. You could contact, they could contact our schools. They could contact Ockdale which is a statewide agency for um, early intervention. They could contact the Office of Deaf and Hard of Hearing, ODHH, which is a statewide agency. So they have, they have a lot of opportunity to join different support groups. And Mary Beth, what we're going to do, and we make sure in the show notes, provide some resources for parents who are going through that grieving process. Mary Beth, we want to thank you so much for joining myself and Dr. Delfino on the Hearing Matters podcast. Again, for those tuned in, we had Mary Beth Lauderdale from the Western Pennsylvania School for the Deaf. You're tuned in to the Hearing Matters podcast with Dr. Gregory Delfino and Blaze Delfino of Audiology Services and Fader Plugs. Until next time, hear life story. Thanks again for tuning in to the Hearing Matters podcast today. I'm your host, Blaze Delfino, and on behalf of our entire team, thank you so much for the support. Truly, it means so much to us. Head on over to the Apple Podcast app and share your thoughts. What did you like most about this episode, and what do you like most about our podcast? Five-star reviews are always appreciated. And also, head on over to Instagram, hit that follow button, and let's connect. And as a team we can continue to help our community hear life story.